We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. Silence! Our great and powerful Oz knows why you have come. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. You have meddled with the tribal forces of nature. Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. <laughs> Jason Burmes. And who loves you? And who do you love? Good morning, everybody. It is Reality Rants. I am Jason Burmes off the heels of, you guessed it, the, um, I don't even know what to call it, the State of the Union, if you will. And hopefully the audio is okay, guys. Had a big, big issue last night. I replaced the board. There's always an issue with the board I replace it with, with my Skype connection. Um, I'm going to try another board. Luckily I have like five or six of these things, uh, later today. And, uh, because, because I listened to the other day and there was just such background noise because I'm amping it up and I, I don't know what to do here because I, I, my microphone shouldn't have to be at a 10 with the gain cranked all the way up just for you to hear me on par with any of the clips that I have set up. That should not be going on, but it is a little housekeeping notes. If you joined me last night, we did it. We got through all one hour and 20 minutes of Joe Biden. Then he, he stuck around for like 30 minutes. They had him amped up on the vitamins. In fact, I would say, and the media is gloating about this, and I knew they would be, this was one of his best public moments, and it wasn't that great. Right, There were plenty of times where he stuttered or he stammered, or he said something, I don't know, like Make this. no mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of precision jobs, I will veto it. I mean, make no mistake. Let's bring it back. Just make no mistake. And, and I, you know, I must have missed this one last night. Uh, I want to say that this may have been where he was talking about trying to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act which has absolutely nothing to do with getting rid of inflation, by the way. So here we go. Make no mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of precision jobs, I will veto it. I mean, and and that was, I, I'm not even kidding. Like, we're not having a fun time here. By far, one of the best speeches that he's put on, because it was it was chock full of lies, right? It was, we're securing the border. 
We're going to stop fentanyl. Uh, there, there was minimal race pandering, although it was there. Um, they had the Nichols parents there and, you know, alluded to some systemic racism within the police forces, but really kind of brought it around to a universal message of police reform. And all I can say about that is, well, you want police reform, you need to stop having these units that are unmarked and unaccountable in plain clothes that are getting away with shield style activity. Never seen the shield, man. It's just so damn good. I remember uh, back in my Hollywood days when we were we were trying to get loose change final cut into theaters. And we were in L.A. and we were having all these meetings and whatever. And I was in like the area they were shooting the shield. And I'm like looking around and, I, you know, the bars on a lot of windows thinking to myself, boy, wouldn't want to live here. Wonder what kind of corruption goes on here. And, and although that was dramatized, you see what kind of corruption happens with any group in power that has no accountability or less accountability right, or knows that the system uh, is going to cover them for the greater good. These are issues. These are problems, okay? Biden also, you know, again, the message of made in America. We're going to make it in America. One of the things a lot of people probably didn't notice was, you know, and I'd probably say the, the meat and potatoes, the two most important things that were actually discussed that probably will happen that weren't just lie upon lie upon lie, because there was plenty of that. But then again, it's a big joke to all these people. Everybody stands up when they start talking about funding the war in Ukraine. Everybody stands up. Yay! Woo! We're going to beat Pooty Poot. Just full house. Very few exceptions. Very few exceptions. But the two takeaways. Okay. I watched it, so most of you didn't have to. And if most of you watched it, hopefully you watched it with me. One, uh, talking about microtransistor plants and what he would say about these microtransistor plants, they were going to create 10,000 jobs at each plant, or at least the plant that he discussed. Talked about it being coast to coast and through the middle of the country, Midwest in particular. Um, don't quote me on this one because my memory may be fading on it already, but I believe he referenced maybe Wisconsin as where one of these plants would be built. The funny thing is when he talked about the 10,000 jobs at each plant, 7,000 in construction, so that's very limited time. You're looking at six month turnaround time to 18 months tops, no matter how big the factory is, let's be honest. Six months maybe, really depends, right? Scope, contractors, et cetera. If you're talking about 7,000 construction workers. That's a, a sizable job, obviously. But then 3,000 people working in the factories. But these transistors are, are really the road to automation and robotization and, and another step to phase you out. I, I, Senile Joe loves telling the, the story of his dad and work and pride and dignity and be able to look your family in the eye and tell them it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You know, also preaching that you have some kind of uh, 
advantage in medical coverage and freedom and pricing. Although he didn't uh, break out the infamous now, I uh, beat Big Pharma. He didn't break out the, we beat Big Pharma line. Didn't do that. So once again, big takeaway for me was that you had that moment, right? Largely glossed over. Okay. And then another moment to me that was extremely important was this discussion almost in passing and towards the end, okay, with um, Cancer Moonshot. Because Cancer Moonshot is another really smokescreen for what is coming into the forefront as directed evolution now. What, what you're really talking about is bio nanotech under the guise of saving people from cancer. One of the commercials uh, from Pfizer that we recently played on the program, if you've been watching the last couple of days, uh, especially if you are in fact a premium subscriber and thank you guys that are premium subscribers. Second hour, always at redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Sign up. Helps me out so much, $10 a month or $100 for the year. Lock it in. I'm going nowhere. No, nowhere fast. We're, we're boom, boom, boom. Monday through Thursday. Boom, 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 boom. And in it, it said half of the people, half, will be diagnosed with cancer sometime in their lifetime. Now, now here was the conundrum when I was a kid. Cancer was discussed. And when I talk, I'm talking kid, kid. I'm talking like 30 plus years ago. Cancer was discussed as scary, but you, although they were increasing, you were at somewhere around 20%, one in five. Now one in four, about one in five, still scary enough that one in five would be diagnosed with cancer. Scary. And as you grow up and you see the real numbers creep up to now they're talking about one and two, like real numbers, I can't help but remember the talk of how we were gonna beat cancer, we're gonna beat hunger, our life expectancies are gonna shoot through the roof, you know, living to a hundred plus with the advances in technology, that's gonna be the norm. None of that happened. None of that happened. Just like Again, in the generation before that, that generation was promised through computers and robotics, even in their crude form. You weren't going to have to work 40 to 60 hours a week anymore, breadwinner. No, no, no. They're going to be 30-hour work weeks. You're going to have month-long vacations. It's going to be a life of abundance, and you were going to have time to learn to play the piano and the violin. And a total inversion of that happened. So, yeah, you're still working 40 to 60 hours a week. Your spouse is working 40 to 60 hours a week. Sometimes it's a multitude of jobs, right? It's not just one because you got to keep it going. You probably don't own your house. And even if you were smart enough to own your house and your mortgage is paid off, you still got to pay property taxes. And depending on where you live, those can be brutal. So do you ever really own your home? Uh, I know there are a lot of people out there that, that say that to me, and I have to agree with them, you know, um, because 
I think that we are way overtaxed on a multitude of levels. And that listen, the, the tax highlights in this one was we're we're getting the billionaires. We're getting the billionaires. And look, a 15% tax on those companies would be a great thing. I don't believe it's going to happen. And not a great thing because I think the government should have some more money. But if you could actually work it in that the Googles and the Apples of the world have to pay 15%, I'm all for that. I'm not against that. That's a rate much smaller than you and I and the normal folks out there. Let's acknowledge that. Not everything is crazy Bernie Sanders. And how about crazy Bernie, huh? You know, if you even had one more iota of uh, respect left for crazy Bernie, crazy Bernie went full crazy last night. I think he was the only person, the only person in a room of hundreds rocking that. Just, I mean, he might, he might as well have been wearing the Bernie mittens, right? Just what is going on here? I was thinking about it because now we've got uh, two big events within the week. Uh, what do I mean by big events? Just gatherings of you, you have the celebritard entertainment culture and the music industry with the Holly weirdos. You got that. And everybody just ah, ah, all next to each other, all back to just like what what was, quote unquote, normal. Right. Nobody's doing the distancing or any of that. And I, and I, I didn't watch that. All I watched was the the highlights of of a uh, thirty year old plumber bot, Mister uh, Pasty Nipples, right? He's not here to make friends. That guy, and then obviously you can't get away from the Ben Affleck meme. And I don't even think it's that impressive. I mean, he doesn't even th- show his uh, disgust and disdain uh, enough, in my opinion. But hey, that's that's the life you wanted, Benzo. You seem real happy, and, and I'm not. Affleck, I don't know. Maybe you're a really good guy. I've enjoyed some of your films. But that Hollywood lifestyle, brother, pretty tumultuous. I think we all know that. Pretty tumultuous. Not something particularly I would ever want to be a part of. But, hey, that's just me. I'm a normal guy. So you had that. And then you got the whole other side of it. You know, the whole other side of it. Okay? And you got the politicians now. Kristen Cinema, big yellow dress. I mean, like a like sticking out like a sore thumb on purpose. Cause this is a show, man. It's a big joke. Cinema was handpicked to go to Bilderberg this year, all of a sudden, um, getting the media attention from moving away from the Democratic Party and becoming an independent. And you see how slick that move is? Because the predator class knows that the vast majority of us are completely and totally fed up with the two-party system. Most of us don't trust uh, Democrats. Even the conservatives don't trust the quote-unquote rhinos, which are the vast majority of these people, by the way. And by the way, some of the people that aren't, again, they're like, like it doesn't help that Marjorie Taylor Greene is dressed up like Cruella friggin' DeVille in a, in a big white like suit too. Like you got Kristen Cinema in the yellow thing up there applauding when we get to the, the trans kids, 
right? They had he had to throw in the trans kids in there. I mean, total over the top mental illness on this whole thing. Having to watch it, it it's tough, and, and it evolved a few times into like uh, almost parliamentary style stuff. But <laughs> again, you got Holly weird, and then you literally the the political spectrum not much better like almost the same level of cartoon style antics mtg screaming again in a white like fur thing that like if you had dyed her hair and given her a cigarette on a long end stick no a little dot cruella no problem no problem 100 100 there <sighs> and like I said, because Biden was actually coherent, I couldn't believe it. Like I said, they got they gave him his vitamins. I'm 100 percent sure of that he got a lot of vitamins beforehand. But rested up. I, I mean, listen, he faded a little towards the end, a little stammering, stammering. Obviously, you saw the but for him, I mean, th this was a home run. In fact, such a home run. I believe this is Lawrence O'Donnell, um, MSNBC, just fawning over the Biden speech. He negotiates the budget during the state of the union <laughs> on live TV, yeah. and he wins yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and gets there, in effect, unanimous consent. I mean, this was the worst possible night for Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. The negotiation yeah. ended in that room with Marjorie Taylor Greene yelling at a president who took her on, handled it right in front of McCarthy. And McCarthy, by the way, there's an isolated camera McCarthy that's going to show him saying, no, 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 every yes. single time yeah. they did that. And he, trying to shush his members. Yeah. He's saying, shush, shush, shush. Trying to shush yeah. every one of them every time. This is over for McCarthy. The year is over. He <laughs> lost it right there in that moment. I mean, think about what you're hearing. I mean, that just shows you what the show is, right? Both sides constantly proclaiming victory. It is over. It is, it is done. Negotiations are done. No, 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 no. And, and listen, cartoon level. Cartoon level. Are there certain people on the other side of the aisle that, that seem a lot more reasonable? Yeah, that's why it's easy uh, for Sarah Huckabee Sanders to come out and say, it, it's no longer about Democrat or Republican. It's about sane versus insane. And guys, I, I so hate that terminology, woke mob, woke mob. I, I hate the term I mean, because again, woke or awake or whatever, what are you awake to exactly? What am I awake to? Just because I don't buy into the mainstream media, just because I don't play team baseball, okay, I only know so much, right? I wish I could wake up with a master plan on how to actually you know, go in a direction where we can take our country back. Instead, Instead, it's it's all glam and lights and illusions and cackles and jokes. I mean, Joe, Joe had his big Joey B smile out a couple of times, a couple of times. You know, and again, the major things I'm talking about are the automation and then the cancer moonshot thing that they bring out. I did I, I deviated a little too far away from that.
now we're talking, you know, people were saying they were going to talk about smoking and smoking bills. So what, you're going to tax tobacco more? You've already, you're already taxed tobacco, just like over the top, especially in some states. Coast to coast, if you're on you're California or New York and certain other ways, it's just ridiculous if you're a cigarette smoker or a cigar smoker. And, and look, I'm not promoting that stuff. I'm just being real. Okay, you, you can see the difference when you move to a state that doesn't have high taxes. And even those have crept up quite a bit. By the way, 230 plus watching over on YouTube, let's get 100 thumbs up. Let's make some comments outside of just the live chat. Let's share the links with everybody. That's how we get the broadcast out there. We are simulcasting over on Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and over on Podbean. Remember, you can always listen live to the uh, premium hour of the show for free without any kind of subscriptions over at Podbean. So make sure you get that app as well. And then you, you basically bring in the excuse for that directed evolution that I talked about. Okay. You, you bring in the excuse that, yeah, we're going we're gonna to try to stop you from smoking. We want to regulate that out. Talked about his quote unquote infrastructure bill. I don't really hear much about infrastructure other than all this renewable energy crap. Okay. And uh, the, putting in these uh, electric car stalls where you can power up, power up, power up with the musker nuts, with Tesla. Yeah. Meanwhile, when he starts talking about oil and gas and the transition and how we're going to need it for at least 10 years, and then even, you know, and they kind of says, okay, even more, like actually admitting that again, while well, it devolved into like parliamentary style, uh, Johnny nonsense. Just want to point that out there. Okay, well, as it devolved into that, obviously we need oil and gas, but these people are trying to what? Price you out. Price you out. Price you out. And this guy gets to say, oh, we got the best economy in history. And another one of those moments that it devolved is when he actually told the truth and essentially said that they had to raise the debt ceiling and they printed more all this money at the end of the Trump presidency, which they did which they did. The Trump presidency did that at the end. See, we can't have a selective memory on this. All right. That administration at its tail end, although being bombarded with just, a, you know, a ton, again, and from the inside as well, a ton of issues gave into the COVID-1984 nightmare, brought in Operation Warp Speed, helped lock down the country, all those things printed up a multitude of money. Right now they're talking about getting all those scammers. We got to get all those scammers. So they gave a bunch of people money. They knew people were going to abuse it. Uh, they also knew that large mega corporations, okay, <laughs> they, would, uh, they would do it the right way. What do I mean by that? Well, when you do it the right way, you don't go to court for it. Or if you do go to court for it, you still make a profit. They're going after the little guy. And that's why when I sit here, when he sits here and goes, not a dime is going to be raised on family incomes of $400,000 or less. Do you believe that? Do you, do you believe that he's not mobilizing the IRS or at least trying to against the general populace? Do you believe inflation's down? Do you believe like, He's created the greatest economy in history. I mean, that's what it sounded like last night. That's what he talked about. He talk, 
We're bringing manufacturing jobs back to the United States. Are we? Or are we just going to start building chipsets in mass to automate everybody out? That's not really bringing jobs back, right? I mean, those are temporary jobs until you can automate the people out inside the factories that are building the chips for automation. I mean, again, I'm not that smart. Oh, but I think I figured uh, enough of that out. Other highlights or lowlights of this hour and 20 minute kind of debacle, the gun issue, right? We got to talk about the gun issue. So one more time, Joey B comes up there. He's saying, we are banning assault weapons. Gets very angry. It's just like when he beat Big Pharma. We're banning assault weapons now. And, uh, you know, he brought in this gentleman, Brandon, Brandon on Brandon at one moment. It was very surreal. And uh, this person disarmed um, somebody who had killed 11 people at a separate dance studio and stopped uh, them from basically killing more. And look, thank God that this person was involved. It's a shame that somebody else wasn't involved. I mean, 11 people before that. Yikes. But. I think that we also have to understand that if somebody was armed in the incident with the 11 people, those people would have had a better chance. And the reason, unfortunately, they chose to pander with uh, this kid or uh, this young man, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. I think that they uh, were doing that, the pandering via him because he didn't use a gun, right? He didn't use a gun. That's it. It had he used a gun, then it would have been a, a different scenario. You probably wouldn't have had that because you can't have good guys with guns stopping what? Bad guys with guns. That's just the way it is. Just the way it is. All right. I want to play a, a clip here of a couple of our favorites, some of the uh, least talented people uh, out there. Rachel Maddow and Ocasio-Cortez, Sandy Cortez. So um, the bartender and the showman, because Rachel Maddow, quite the showman, let's be honest about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're, 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 uh, they're going to talk about how, well, again, they were fawning, fawning over Biden and this speech. I was surprised by the president's remarks and his focus on reform, we're focused on justice, and really his focus on centering the families that have been so deeply impacted by police violence and police brutality and really centering this discussion around reform. If you contrast that with his speech just a year ago, where, you know, this this two dimensional frame of fund or defund and it was we're going to fund the police, fund the police. This is a very different conversation hmm. and one that advocates have been asking for for a long time. See what is happening on the ground. See and acknowledge the reality that our communities are experiencing and that this is a problem that has gone unaddressed for far too long. And so for him to stand up there, to name, you know, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which in and of itself, advocates already believe that doesn't that it doesn't really go far enough to address the core underlying issues, but still for him to name this legislation. 
long way from just a year ago where it was really just about how much more money can we pile into these local departments in order to fix this issue. I also think it's an acknowledgement of the fact that this isn't really connected to funding much at all in terms of how we actually lower um, these instances of, of horrific violence in communities. And so I thought it was an, I thought it was encouraging. I know myself and some other members were kind of waiting for the shoe to drop. We felt like there was kind of this wind up and that there was going to be a but. Um, and I think we were very relieved and surprised that there was no but that there was just an acknowledgement that this is actually a problem. And mm -hmm. we have not really mm -hmm. heard a president do that in such a straightforward way um, in a long time, if, if ever, in modern, in modern politics. That's a really astute point, particularly talking about the distance that President Biden himself has come on this issue, perhaps in his own personal understanding, but also in the way he's willing to talk about it. Thank you for that. Um, look at, I mean, Look how vapid that is and ridiculous. Joe Biden doesn't run anything. He didn't start running things last night during the State of the Union. He wasn't running things before. He's not running things today. He doesn't have an understanding of the issues. This is the cartoon. So, and literally, like when you know Biden's talking about America and how it's based in an idea and all these other things, you know what I hear? I hear like third-rate comic book style writing that's what i hear that just me that's just me maybe maybe i'm maybe i'm deluded okay so yeah again i'm not perfect but i i want to believe that i can see past uh the johnny nonsense i'm going to uh read a couple stories off here but then i'm going to go to the 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 crowd the group if you will i like to do this every once in a while uh, almost AMA style. So if you've got questions or comments, start getting them in now. Uh, I will uh, go to the commentary from a little bit before this segment. Read some of those, and then uh, you let me know what you think about the State of the Union or uh, anything else that might be relevant today. Um, you know, let's keep out of the trolling because if you're trolling, 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 we just ignore or get rid of you. Um, there are important things out there to discuss. We can do without the trolls. And I think in the second hour today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over that document um, for our final uh, watch along, try to finish off the NASA document. I did uh, two of those parts. Uh, both of those pieces were in the uh, paid section. This will also be in the paid section, but then we released them for free because we release everything for free because that's how we does it up in here. Every two weeks, uh, the premium section, again, in video, goes 100% free over at redvoicemedia.com. Forever Wars. Hit it this yesterday towards the end of the broadcast. Uh, I'm going to do an uh, interview with uh, Ryan Christian today. It's going to be airing tomorrow. Today's just jam-packed. I'm doing this show. I'm interviewing Christian. I'm doing Making Sense of the Madness. I will be on, quite frankly, later tonight. And I have another brutal, brutal Brutal dental appointment. Um, <laughs> brutal dental appointment uh, this afternoon in, in the middle of it all. Just jam-packed day that I'm not looking forward to. I wish I didn't. Take care of your, key, your teeth, everybody. It's rough in there. So, um, I, so far, again, Tucker Carlson seems to be the only one reporting this. The only one reporting this. Let's make this a little bit bigger um, because I do want to be able to read this. 
But uh, essentially, you have an ex-Israeli prime minister stating that, okay, they were ready to have a ceasefire in March before everything blew up. And the West didn't want that. They wanted a perpetual war that Joe Biden and others could grandstand for. Almost the, va the vast majority of those people grandstanding last night. All right. So let's do this. After talking with Putin, I flew to Germany because Germany and France are the main figures in Europe. And in order to reach an agreement, everyone should make an effort. I was making protocols of what happened. And the next steps. What's, what disagreements arose, the negotiations, and what is required of everyone? There in Berlin, we are bringing uh, the Americans, Jake Sullivan, sometimes Blinken, Tony Blinken was there, sometimes Biden, and Macron up to date, and Boris Johnson. <laughs> Each leader has his own approach. You can divide leaders into those who adhere to the line. We must fight back against Putin and those who say uh, there are losers in any war. כל מנהיג והדרך שלו, בוריס, היה, בוא נגיד, אפשר לחלק ספקטרום של מנהיגים מי יותר נוטה לקו של עכשיו צריך להילחם בפוטין. כי הוא הרע ואסור לתגמל את הרעים. נכון. ומי אומר, אבל עזוב יש מלחמה, כולם מפסידים. נכון, ובוא נגיד... בוריס ג'ונסון אבוקטיד יותר רדיקל מזרס, ומקרון ושולס הם יותר פרגמטיים, נכון. וביידן סופרד בוטה פרוצ'ס, ביידן לא יודע איפה הוא יהיה. Biden supported both approaches. But the West has decided that it is not necessary to continue to smash Putin. Boris Johnson was very That it is necessary to continue to smash Putin. So again, they're saying, but the West has decided that it is necessary to continue to smash the Pootster. Old Poot Poot. If I would say that Macron and Scholz were more pragmatic, וביידן גם וגם. נגיד את זה בצורה הרחבה, אני חושב שהייתה החלטה של המערב לגיטימית, שכרגע צריך להמשיך להכות בפוטין ולא לא, לא להגיע. And to not negotiate. So again, the West does not want to negotiate, it wants to smash Putin. I mean, again, regime change in Russia is World War III. Regime change in Russia is World War III. And I think we're actually past we're at World War IV, World War V. Uh, to say the war of terror, of terror, of terror that continues today wasn't a world war, pretty arrogant, right? Pretty arrogant. Uh, all of my actions were coordinated to the smallest detail with the USA, Germany, and France. And they broke off negotiations, by and large, yes. Pirtei-pratim. <laughs> גם עם ארצות הברית, גם עם גרמניה, גם עם צרפת. אז הם בעצם חדלו את זה? בגדול, כן. בגדול הם חדלו את זה, ובאותו זמן... They broke off negotiations, and then it seemed to me that they were wrong. 
I'm sure we had a good chance of success if they hadn't stopped trying. There it is. Uh, with that being said, like I like I uh, said before, we're going to go to uh, some of your questions and comments over here. Let's ride down the line. Uh, smoking tax is a poor tax. But the thing is that, again, if you watch the State of the Union last night, what's he trying to do? Junk fees. We're going after the junk fees. We're sick of all the junk fees. And, hey, I hate those junk fees, too. I hate the extra $5.99. Oh, you're paying online? Oh, that's a $2 charge if you're paying online. Oh, oh, you want a concert ticket? Well, don't worry. There's a $35 service fee. You know, and that all sounds good to the average American. Junk, whoever, whoever wrote that into there was genius. Junk fees. We're going after the airlines. Your kids shouldn't be treated like baggage. All that stuff's true. Junk fees. But it's such a small issue compared to everything else. I just want to put that out there. Junk fees. My urban SIGs kept the coof away. I'm convinced. Um, let's see. Because the banks are collapsing and Trump was manipulating the currency just like China. Uh, he said he would. Look, it, this doesn't end well. None of it ends well. And, and right now, you know, continually uh, this economy that is based in total and complete fiat is failing. But, you know, and, and the problem is that it's being framed in this overarching uh, narrative of a failed empire. They got too big. They were the modern Rome and they burned. No, this is planned collapse, a planned implosion from within while the rest of us are, are being gaslit, right? We're being told the economy's awesome. Everything's okay. The USA's number one. We've stopped the fentanyl problem, right? Um, you know, we, we've got secure borders. There is no issue with China. And to the people at the top, all that is under control. Because some people are making some buco bucks on the fentanyl. We, they, these people are part of a culture of death and destruction. They like that. Okay. Um, they love how secure the border is because you can further destabilize not only an economy, but a culture with mass migration, period. People bring their own culture with them in mass. All right, like like that's a reality. And you can sit up there and lie about it and tell everybody, we beat big pharma. We're building infrastructure. Meanwhile, the infrastructure bill clearly was what? It was the climate change bill with the Build Back Better. They couldn't get passed under that name because they had destroyed it through terrible PR marketing and messaging, right? Public relations, propaganda, narrative management, all the same thing where every global leader was saying the same exact thing. They're going to build back better on behalf of this great reset agenda. People were like, wait, that's a little too far. And, and remember, Kamala Embarrass said she came up with Joe Biden, the build back better phrase. Total lie. And, oh, by the way, it was our idea. It's our plan. No, no, it wasn't. Cuomo was the first U.S. mouthpiece in April. We've played it time and time again here to use that phrase. That's what actually happened. Okay? This country isn't free. The leash is just longer. But how much longer? 
Uh, let's see. Uh, yes, it was a bipartisan establishment lead up. The tax vape too. I smoke a lot of weed though. See, and that's the thing with uh, the Tuckster. Always going after the marijuana. I think he went after it again last night. Well, the weed dispensaries are popping up everywhere, which, by the way, I, I don't really have an issue with if they're letting regular people get in on the ground level, which most of uh, are, are not allowed to. Very establishment. You already have money kind of uh, crony capitalism thing in a lot of areas. And look, as far as I'm concerned, give me marijuana over uh, alcohol any day of the week. Ain't no weed hangover, guys. Okay? You don't wake up the next morning where you, you feel like death. You got an upset stomach. Your head is pounding. You're completely dehydrated. Right? And, and I know that the really, really, really aggressive and good alcoholics out there, that doesn't happen to a lot of you. For me, even being a you know a moderate drinker at times, uh, you know a bit of a party boy, if you will, um, the hangover was the worst, and you could overdo it like that. Just one night, oh, oh, and and if you got a job, like you know a lot of us do, you got to get up no matter what. Those days are are, are brutal, brutal. I can I, I can't recall one time that. I, Boy, I smoked all day and night, and when I got up, woo! No, no, I might have had a good night's rest. Woke, woke up, uh, sun shiny. Just me, I guess. Scott Bailey, one of our great moderators. Thank you for being in there, Scott. Uh, it took me seven attempts, but I promise it can be done. Uh, several attempts. I'm not sure what we're talking about there. Uh, let's see. Oh, sorry. On Twitter last week in Los Angeles, fire department dumped 600 gallons of water uh, to an electric car battery fire. I did see that. Uh, by the way, this, this one is pretty interesting. Thought that uh, I, I would cover this quickly. Uh, huge fire broke out at a drone factory in Latvia. The factory was supplying drones to NATO countries uh, and Ukraine, allegedly. Show you that. Um, you know, again, I'm. I'm I'm putting this with a stamp of I'm not quite sure because I can't read the language and I'm obviously not familiar with the area. But if you've got drone factories that are producing, you know, drones which create death showers for NATO, chances are it's probably not an accident. Chances are it's probably the real deal, Holyfield. Just saying. They didn't get rid of slavery. You should keep 100% of your labor. Let's see. 500 billion of unemployment benefits went to foreigners. Uh, have to live in this nightmarish reality. Smoke a lot of weed. Uh, that is the whole losing my job to protect my body. Uh, where's this? Uh, to protect my body thing caused a relapse. Let's see. I'm gonna go smoke some weed when I want to, though. Okay. Um, they tax your farts too if they could. Oh, they intend to. Is that listen? Again, it's it's going to be a universal all the time tax if we let them get in their uh, climate change, carbon credit, social credit score agenda through a CBDC type blockchain slavery system. Watching Kennedy last night before the Tuckins. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Jesse Waters. Okay, 
when when I'm usually gearing up for the tuck, I don't mind a little Kennedy. Kennedy used to be that personality that uh, you saw on MTV that was slightly annoying, but not too much. And uh, coming to like this pseudo libertarian perspective, but really kind of an establishment conservative in, in the vast majority of issues, in my opinion, uh, does some OK stuff. So um, watching the Kennedy and they start talking about the economy and they've got their one uh, left leaning guy. Right. And then you have the super uh, Bitcoin guy. And he's like, Bitcoin is sound money, decentralized. Look, guys, I would love to believe that that Bitcoin is going to save the world. But they're not going to endorse. And when I say they, I mean the predator class. I mean the global governance system. I mean the bureaucracy that surrounds the United States and what they're really looking into via digital currencies. That's not real. Their CBDC or whatever it is will be total track, trace, database, programmable tokens on what you can spend, where you can spend it, and for how long you can spend it. So you could never accrue wealth. That's it. That, and they want it all under the skin too. Under the skin as well as a, as a part of that system. Sounds like science fiction. I wish it were. I wish it were. All right, let's keep going down the line. Uh, let's see, already had been. They taxed the air with mass. Taxes only affect the poor. Well, again, we only affect the poor, the middle class, and the upper middle class. Taxes do affect many. Uh, it's the super mega rich, the 0.00001% that have no effect whatsoever. And what about the green fookery deals? They making who's going to pay 90% taxes? Yeah, exactly. Okay, but what about my 13,000 social insecurity? Give me another advantage benefit card. Expires every month. Slow rollout of CBDC. And social security, that was a big hot spot. Oh, we're gonna, you're going to get rid of Social Security. First of all, that is a system that, that needs to go by the wayside. Now, that doesn't mean the people paid into it shouldn't get a little taste or, or what they paid into it, what they're expected. I'm just telling you that it's insolvent, period. And it always has struck me, and I, and I get it. You know, not everybody is lucky enough to, to be myself where I feel like I'm going to be working till I die. Whether that's in front of a microphone or behind an editing bay or a camera or even a keyboard just typing away, uh, I just don't ever see myself retiring. But so many people have come up in a system where the whole idea is that you take a job you don't like or you, you, because it pays well and supposedly you're going to be able to take care of yourself and a family. And you're going to be able to accrue some wealth, right? And then you're going to be able to retire and live off your retirement. And that's just not around anymore. And so many, other than just Social Security, what? You had a 401k. Many of those busted up. You had a money in different pension programs on top of that. A lot of that busted up. Because when inflation just goes through the roof, no matter what kind of values you've accrued, Unless you're really doing it Warren Buffett style, chances are you're getting the fisty McGrady. You're getting the shaft. 
eggs are bad. Okay. I love me some eggs. Love me some eggs. Used to be cheap. Not so much anymore. And you can't talk about, again, that was another talking point from Mr. Uh, uh, basically lying and saying how great the economy is doing and everybody's getting jobs and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's the same line. Oh, eggs are so expensive because the avian flu. No, the avian flu is the cause of it. Sure it is. Uh, and even Joe had his whole, you know, the economy and the recession and it's all, you know, it's it's the COVID-1984 nightmare and it's the Putin. It's a, that that poot poot. It's the Putin tax. From there, I could believe that smoking has some effect in preventing. Um, but, but I don't want to read that. Good morning, guys. Yes, please hit those thumbs up. Subscribe and share. Let's get it to 200 thumbs up. Remember, in about uh, 10 minutes or so, we're going to be going to the paid portion of the broadcast. That is redvoicemedia.com slash Jason or redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Longtime weed smoker here, and I can tell you that something is wrong with the cheap government weed in Canada. Don't know much about that. Watch them spray all night up every two hours. Um, look, as far as geoengineering, SRM, I think I took a picture the other day. It was so bad here in Iowa. I was getting upset. The striations in the sky. You, and you can see the teams the, of, of three or sometimes more planes doing crosshatch patterns in the sky. But again, you're not allowed to acknowledge that. You just have to imagine that's not real, right? You have to just say, no, nope, they tell me it's not real. It's just, it's just, just a condensation. For, for decades now, that's the line you're supposed to take. That's why I made my film. Shade the motion picture. It goes heavily into solar radiation management, geo and bioengineering. Uh, ha has a large section on uh, two gentlemen out there uh, that are at the uh, apex of the climate crisis. That's right. They're going to respond to the climate crisis in Ted Turner and Bill Gates. Uh, this is a film now that will be one decade one decade old in April. One decade. Time flies like that. I blink and 10 years later, my movie is is like, I'd say it's still super relevant today. And a lot of the things that I, I talked about and it came into fruition, okay, came into fruition. Maybe you want to check it out. You know, we give it away for free. I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Oh, good luck. Was that mofo on the SRR? Oh, oh we're talking about um, with the, uh, the the attacker. I have no idea. But I, that's the, anytime there's a mass shooting, right, That that's what we look at. In fact, uh, you know, I'm going to keep going back to this story. You know, this is a woman that was put on a dozen medications who strangled her kids to death, strangled her kids to death with workout equipment, the bands you know, like the, the pull, pull bands and whatever. Now she's, she's pleading not guilty and look, disgusting, disturbing postpartum depression is real. They had her on a dozen medications. They had her on a dozen meds. I still haven't seen this story in the United States yet. Not one place, not one place. A dozen, a dozen, a dozen. So, I mean, 
they had her on. I mean, <laughs> Clancy's attorneys say that she was overprescribed a cocktail of prescription drugs to treat postpartum depression and that it turned her into a zombie. A zombie. Okay. We all know this is an individual who is in dire medical condition. This woman is a danger to herself. I question uh, whether she would ever make it to trial. She is suicidal. She is extremely emotional. She is unable to express any happiness or sadness or cry. He said they were roughly destroyed by a cocktail of medications prescribed to her after her third child was born. Our society fails miserably in treating women with postpartum depression or postpartum psychosis. It's medicate, medicate, medicate. Throw the pills at you and see how it works. You know, and I wonder if this, uh, again, anybody from the drug company going to jail for that? A dozen medications. There they are again. Am I going to read them again? You know, I'm, I'm glad that we have read it, but it gets me angry every time I have to go back to this store because no one else is covering it. Those kids' lives don't matter? Okay. That's not going to happen again. Okay. Yeah, right. Remember when the country went to war over just a 3% tax? And where are we now? Time to tell the new King George to kick rocks. Guy ain't a king of anything. And and, and again, they've militarized D.C. They've militarized D.C. They've made you the enemy. Well, you want to go to the Capitol? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Let's fence it off. Not the people's house anymore. Okay. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, Just putting the body into withdrawal symptoms would weaken them enough to allow. Okay. Okay. Excuse me. Uh, This woman is beyond annoying. What's wrong with her? She's Ocasio-Cortez. That's what it is. Oh, geez. I lived in France during Mad Cow Mania, and I assure you, French people weren't buying it. Uh, LOL, when they brought in avian flu, the French were like, as if. Nails on a chalkboard. What? Yeah, that was a big jump. What drugs is she on? Let's see. Wow, we got a lot of people here. Let's see. Boom, 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 boom. Let's see. We'll start there. I'm in an abusive relationship with alcohol. We'll fix that. I like a bit of Stregra. I don't know what that is. I mean, jeez. Guys. Nobody did more for me uh, is rail than Trump. They even named new annexed territory after him in the Golan. Um, why don't you just type in Israel? We'll, we'll say Israel here. And we will acknowledge that, uh, you know, Trump's policy with Israel was over the top. Just making Jerusalem the capital, uh, and him and Netanyahu, buddy, buddy, Netanyahu and Pompeo, buddy, buddy. I mean, that was a big issue with me. That was a big issue with me. And Sheldon Adelson, who's since passed, but being one of his largest donors. I mean, that's that's a fact. And you know what? I, I guess that'll segue into this story before we go over to uh, the pay, the uh, 
redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash Uncensored. Remember, you can listen to it for free right now <clears throat> over at Podbean. Uh, look for the Info Warrior. And this one's trending. Uh, Rogan said this uh, about the Ilhan Omar, uh, all about the Benjamins and everybody saying that's that's uh, anti-Semitic. The idea Jewish people are not into money is ridiculous. Uh, the idea that the vast majority of anybody is not into money is ridiculous. And um, yeah, what really got him into trouble is that he said, you know, that's like a saying Italians are not into pizza. You know, or or uh, you, you you get it that Italians are into pizza. And, and here here's the thing. Um, I, I would say all cultures are into money. Um, Ari Shafir, who is a good friend of Rogan and literally just put out a comedy special talking about his Jewish heritage and it is named Jew. Uh, basically, you know, it says some really hard truths there. You know, he, he talks about the term pretty early goyim. Uh, where you have this sect of uh, Jewish people that truly believe they are God's chosen people and everybody outside of this religion is somehow beneath them. And that is what the Goyim term is. It is real. And they are saying it in a negative connotation. It, to quote Ari, he says, they're shitting on you. Make no mistake about it. They're shitting on you. Well, lovely. That's great. I, I love it when people uh, claim a racial or religious or ethnic supremacy. It's fun times. No, I don't like that, actually. And then uh, he says that at least, again, this is from his perspective. He's on the inside. All right. It's a culture that um, gives weight to, kind of glorifies uh, your intellect, your IQ, and your bank account. Now. Is that incorrect to point out? And, and look, I, I don't think that, you know, every Jewish person out there is all just it, all about money, baby, all about the Benjamins all the time. I think that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But again, it would be like saying that there's like no Jewish people in uh, the Hollywood culture. Right. We, we did that review, uh, kind of a watch along with Dave Chappelle and his monologue in Saturday Night Live was brilliant, very smart. Dave is probably one of the few people, if any, that could actually uh, get away with what he did. But, you know, here comes the next outrage moment on Rogan. Good luck. Good luck. The guy's a powerhouse, period. It, Rogan going nowhere, okay? Rogan going nowhere. Uh, so this is the part of the broadcast where we are going to go over uh, to the other side. Um, we're probably going to pick it up with Fauci cashes in on COVID fame. Former White House doctor is charging up to $100,000 an hour for motivational speaking engagements after leaving government. $100 or $100,000 an hour. Can anybody say payoffs and money laundering? I mean, again, you guys... And they made children's books and plushies of the guy. Now he gets $100,000 to speak when the vast majority of the country want him tried criminally and put in jail. Okay, sure, why not? We're living in the post-truth world. One more time, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Let's give the cue to the producer.
that we are going to go over. I do want to read this $10 or this $2 tip. By the way, um, yesterday when the uh, State of the Union was going on, Tom Dedimore, great supporter of the program, uh, in referring to Biden, says, this guy looks like an older Beavis, looks like a decrepit Beavis. Uh, and Hempcar says, Bruce Gannon has a good movie about space weapons called Arsenal of Hypocrisy. Rods of God, space-based lasers, mayhem uh, dubs, clear eyes, micro satellites, Gorgon stare, kinetic kills, some of the things they're making. Sea Vision for 2020 by Space Command, Joint Vision 2020 Strategic Master Plan, FY06 and beyond. Hemp Carr, thank you for that. All right, let's start leaving uh, the platforms over there. Uh, Rockfin, thank you so much. We'll see you on the flip side. YouTube, you know the drill. We're out. Twitter, it's been real, but it's time to move, move, move on. And then uh, Rumble, good times and nursery rhymes. All right. We are rocking. We are rolling and we are going. I want to thank everybody who has come over to the paid portion of the broadcast. Again, we couldn't do it without you. We are going to hit excuse me, more of the NASA document, try to finish that up in this hour. I do want to hit these other stories, though, because I think that they are important, including the Fauci one. Uh, but we talk a lot about narrative management, okay? And this is um, one of those narrative controls. This is the Global Engagement Center's founder, Richard Stengel, over at the CFR, um, basically bragging about how he loves propaganda. Can't make this stuff up. There's another word for master narratives. It's called history. <laughs> Basically, every country creates their own narrative story. And, and you know, my old job at the State Department was what people used to joke as the chief propagandist job. See, it's a joke to them. Remember how we said everything's a joke? It's a joke. People used to joke, I'm the chief propagandist. That's exactly what you are. And there's nothing funny about it. Let's let's roll it back just a little bit. I'm the chief propagandist. Ha 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 ha. Narrative story. And, and, you know, my old job at the State Department was what people used to joke as the chief propagandist job. We haven't talked about propaganda. Propaganda, I'm not against propaganda. Every country does it and they have to do it to their own population. And I don't necessarily think it's that awful. And this idea of a, of a, of a, uh, cart news cartel I mean, I, I, I was editor of Time in 2012 uh, during that election. And I remember, you know, you're competing against cartels and everybody. I remember being on a panel with the then editor of the New York Times who said, it's really hard to break through these days. This is the editor of the New York Times saying it's hard to break through. I almost, I wanted to jump off the platform. Like, what's it like for the rest of everybody? So, I mean, there, there's no... I mean, there are cartels, but cartels don't have hegemony like they used to. Now, they've somewhat fixed that because now the New York Times, the Council on Foreign Relations, and their buddies are always the authoritative sources that get put to the top. And then Trojan Horse Civilian Systems, like Google, delist other stories. They delist other platforms altogether that are no longer in the news arena and almost impossible to find via their search engine. So, yeah, in 2012, it might have been tougher to break through because they were actually competing against independent media. Today, today, all of that is just artificially broadcast everywhere 
through their bot programs and their signature reduction and their MSNBCs and their talking points. Meanwhile, this guy's like, hey, you know, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. Every country propagandizes their own population. I kind of think it's the best thing since breakfast. I think it's a good thing. The gentleman right there. Last question. I don't think you are in terms of understanding what happened in the world. Because what is happening in America is what I'm, the United States flipped on the global south and in the third world, which we live with for many, many years in terms of a master narrative that was, was and still is propaganda. Yes. You know what? I hate last questions. <laughs> Don't you? I never, I usually just want to end something before the last question. Um, but at any rate, I want to thank this. So he basically calls him out. Isn't that great? And it's hilarious. Again, big joke. It's a big joke on all of us. He's like, what are you talking about? Your master narrative has devastated the third world forever. Well, just not. I mean, look at him prance up. You know what? I hate last questions. I mean, uh, I mean, it's funny. Like, like, it's funny to these people. You know what? I hate last questions. <laughs> Don't you? I never, I usually just want to end something before the last question. Um, but at any rate, I want to thank this fantastic panel here today. I mean, again, it's it, the joke is it's not a joke. This guy right, in rightful indignation says, hey, your master narratives are really messing up the show are really detrimental to me and my people. You know, other human beings, buddy. You know what? Let's not answer that. I hate last questions. I, I, we're, we're not going to do a last question. Oh, boy. All right. Fauci cashes in on COVID fame. So so here you go. This is the payoff. Uh, can, can you imagine that, first of all, you've got manufactured outrage constantly constantly via social media against, oh my goodness, Jordan Peterson is speaking somewhere. Oh my goodness, Charlie Kirk is speaking somewhere. Oh my goodness, Milo Yiannopoulos is speaking somewhere. And when they try to do that organically to get those people banned, right? Or, or not, you know, when they show up to their events, like a dozen people, sometimes when the NGOs ship people in, and they're ready for the media narrative. Now, all of a sudden, you have hundreds. But what, what really happens is you have thousands of people coming out to see those individuals in, in many cases. They don't want that, right? Now, on the flip of that, we have to believe that people wouldn't be out in droves, in droves, protesting Fauci speaking, let alone getting paid this amount. And honestly, at this point, who would want to go to an event that Tony Fauci is speaking at so they can bend the knee to him? The only reason I would ever go to a nightmarish Faucian event is to put him on the spot about his lies. Period. Period. That's it. And hope that one day there will be some kind of accountability. Dr. Anthony Fauci is charging sky high fees for speaking engagements as the controversial figure reaps the rewards of his pandemic era fame, the former White House COVID doctor commands between 50 and 100 grand 
for up to an hour's work, according to uh, a listing on the website for the agency's leading motivational speakers that has since been scrubbed. Despite his huge fee, Fauci is scheduled to give the commencement address to the Yale School of Medicine on May 22nd. Oh, the, hey, hey, Yaleys. Hey, Yaleys out there. Hey, Blue Bloods. Step up. If there's any humanity in your pampered bottoms, okay? If there's one good skull and bones man out there, can we please put Fauci on the spot? Though it is unclear how much the college is paying him. I'll bet you anything for that kind of speech, probably over a hundred grand. The 81-year-old recently retired from his post as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, where he had been receiving the higher salary of all government employees at more than $480,000 annually, more than what the president makes. Dr. Fauci, whose net worth is estimated at more than $12 million, became a highly divisive figure during the pandemic response. Yeah, because he was their front man. He was their mouthpiece. He was their sign-off guy for all of it. He was their management. Exclusive dollar coin-sized biobud that sticks to the chest tracks patients' vitals so they can get out of the hospital sooner and be monitored remotely. So again, I'll say this again. I'm all about technology that empowers human beings. But when we're talking about the Internet of Bodies, we have to start talking about these devices that are going to allow remote access to your biology. Let me repeat that again. Remote access to your biology, whether you're consenting or not. And these are the baby steps. The bio button. The bio button. Now, again, I'm not saying this technology is bad. I actually thinks that this tech can be utilized for good, something that we actually want. But I want to show people where the movement is going, where the direction of these device devices are going, period. So something we have to acknowledge, and it's happening at a rapid, rapid rate, okay? Um, you know, just to, to kind of go back to the ridiculousness of the State of the Union, here's some highlight moments. There's Dr. Jill Biden giving Doug Emhoff a big kiss. That's Paul Pelosi over there. He was seated right next to Bono. There was a lot of Bono going on. Um, there's Kristen Cinema in her uh, yellow, just monstrosity. Again, the new independent, guys. Yeah. The new independent hero. I'm Bono. Look, at, look how old Bono's looking, man. It's a bad dye job, Bono. You're looking kind of scraggly. Go with the gray. Go with, go with the white. Go with something else. Okay. All right. Let's X that out. Ha! Oh, teenager is arrested for attending class at his Ontario Catholic high school after he was suspended for challenging transgender ideas. Boy 16 says he's just expressing religious beliefs. Why are we arresting a 16 year old for speech? Whether you agree with it or not, whether you think it's boring or not, why are we arresting a 16 year old for speech? Let me repeat that for you one more time. Uh, I, I understand you're Canada. You're not the United States. Why are we arresting a 16-year-old kid for speech? Because this is all about thought control. Again, the regimentation of all human beings. Josh Alexander, 16, was suspended in November from St. Joseph's Catholic High School 
uh, in Renfrew, uh, Ontario, a small town 80 miles west of Ottawa. Alexander, a devout Christian, said he, uh, his fellow students, he believed only two genders. Uh, the students cannot switch between genders and that students born male should not be permitted into the girls' bathroom. All common sense. All common sense. The school accused Alexander of refusing to use transgender students' chosen names and said he could only return to school if he agreed to sit out two classes attended by trans students who found his views offensive. I express, expressed my religious beliefs in class and it spiraled out of control, he told the Epic Times. Not everybody's going to like that. That doesn't make me a bully. It doesn't mean I'm harassing anybody. They express their beliefs and I express mine. Mine obviously don't fit the narrative. Okay? They arrested him. On Monday, when Alexander tried to return to class, he was detained, he said. I've been arrested in charge at my Catholic high school for attending class after being excluded for indicating my intent to adhere to my religious beliefs. I hope he sues them into the ground and wins, by the way. Alexander's case is being uh, backed by Liberty Coalition Canada, a group whose lead lawyers say his mission is to seek justice, promote truth, and uphold the rule of law uh, is rooted in the Christian faith. James S.M. Kitchen, the chief litigator, wrote to the school's principal on January 6th saying uh, that forcing Alexander to deny his religious beliefs was discrimination, which it is. The principal responded by excluding the teenager from school for the rest of the term, arguing that his presence in the school or classroom would be detrimental to the physical or mental well-being of the pupils. No, this agenda is detrimental to the physical and mental well-being of not only the students, but all of the staff, teachers and otherwise, that have to be surrounded, okay, by this insanity insanity and again that's why you know what maybe we should play the huck maybe we should do a watch along with the huckabee because you know what she, she's spot on she was actually uh my favorite press secretary maybe of all time um let's see there's the response right here 36 minutes it's got to be less than that i was gonna say um, let's see. That's just, um, the Iraq thing. Okay. So this, this has got to be it. Is this the full response? Here it is. Let, let's do that. I'm Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Being a mom to three young children taught me not to believe every story I hear. So forgive me for not believing much of anything I heard tonight from president Biden Fair. from out of control inflation and violent crime to the dangerous border crisis and threat from China. Biden and the Democrats have failed you. They know it and you know it. And it's time for a change. Tonight, let us reaffirm our commitment to a timeless American idea that government exists not to rule the people, but to serve the people. Democrats wanna rule us with more government control, but that's not who we are. America is the greatest country the world has ever known because we're the freest country the world has ever known with a people who are strong and resilient. Five months ago, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. It was a hard time for our family, particularly our kids, Scarlett, Huck, and George. 
but we kept our faith and persevered. And by the way, again, we're talking about cancer uh, earlier. We're talking about cancer diagnosis. She's younger than I am. She's 40 years old, 40 years old and getting thyroid cancer. My God. Thanks to exceptional doctors here in Arkansas, a successful surgery and the grace of God, I am cancer free. Through it all, I couldn't help but think about my mom. She was 20 years old and into her first year of marriage when she was diagnosed with spinal cancer. The doctors told her she might not live. And if she did live, they said she'd never walk again. And if she did walk, she'd definitely never have children. The daughter she was told she'd never have was just sworn in as the new governor of Arkansas and is speaking to you tonight. Adversity and fear of the unknown can paralyze us, but faith propels us to charge boldly ahead. We can't stand still in the face of great challenges. You and I were put on this earth for such a time as this to charge boldly ahead. I'll be the first to admit President Biden and I don't have a lot in common. I'm for freedom. He's for government control. At 40, I'm the youngest governor in the country. And at 80, he's the oldest president in American history. I'm the first woman to lead my state. And he's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob that can't even tell you what a woman is. I mean, it's hard to argue with what she's saying here. And I hate the woke mob, but really, he, he's surrendered surrender to a collectivist, globalist, great reset, great narrative agenda that goes far beyond what we can even discuss on, on television shows like this. But again, she's 40. She's right. She's well-spoken. She's smart. You know, I, I want to believe that this person is a genuine person that is going to fight for you and I. I don't know that's the case. I don't trust most of them because it's a big joke to these people. Again, hilarious. In the radical left's America, Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. But you get crushed with high gas prices, empty grocery shelves, and our children are taught to hate one another on account of their race, but not to love one another or our great country. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it. His administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. It's time for a new generation of Republican leadership. Upon taking office just a few weeks ago, I signed executive orders to ban CRT racism, and indoctrination in our schools. Eliminate the use of derogatory term Latinx in our government. Repealed COVID orders and said never again to authoritarian mandates and shutdowns. Well, again, I wish it hadn't happened under the Trump administration at all. At all. Because obviously it shouldn't have. Huh, guys, like while we're doing this, I've just got to put this up here quick, and I know this is the paid portion of the broadcast, um, but all of a sudden I can't get into... Oh, wait, maybe I can. Yeah, I can, right? 
Oof, I was a little worried we got taken down for a second. Wouldn't be the first time I lost my channel. Glad that we did not. But but she's not wrong. Again, it's sane or insane. That's where we're at. She's not wrong. Americans want common sense from their leaders. But in Washington, the Biden administration is doubling down on crazy. President Biden inherited the fastest economic recovery on record. The most secure border in history, cheap, abundant, homegrown energy, fast rising wages, a rebuilt military, and a world that was stable and at peace. But over the last two years, Democrats destroyed it all. Despite Democrats' trillions in reckless spending and mountains of debt, we now have the worst border crisis in American history. As a mom, my heart breaks for every parent who has lost a son or daughter to addiction. 100,000 Americans a year are now killed from drug overdoses, largely from fentanyl pouring across our southern border. Yet the Biden administration refuses to secure the border and save American lives. And after years of Democrat attacks on law enforcement and calls to defund the police, violent criminals roam free. And she's not wrong. And last night, another one of those pandering moments where, you know, it's really like I I feel for the Nichols family that lost their kid to those police officers that beat their kid to death on camera. And that's the other thing. It's on camera, man. You got to watch your kid. Oh. And then I feel for uh, the other gentleman was there whose 20-year-old daughter died of a fentanyl overdose. And and, and here's the thing. Uh, I've never been uh, an advocate for recreational drugs outside of marijuana, which I don't feel like is on the same caliber. But I certainly would never wish a death sentence on somebody that wanted to uh, use some kind of a drug like cocaine or otherwise. So many of these drugs are now cut with fentanyl that you don't even have to do a lot of it. And then all of a sudden you can just die. You just die. That's scary, man. That's that's scary, especially to me. You know, I, I did some risky things as a kid. I had my party moments. And to think that that could happen to, you know, my nieces, for instance, at, at some point where they've just going away to college or spring break or it's scary. It's nightmarish. It's unthinkable. You know, it, it would, it destroys your life, destroys your life. While law abiding families live in fear beyond our border from Afghanistan to Ukraine, from North Korea to Iran, president Biden's weakness puts our nation and the world at risk. And the president's refusal to stand up to China, our most formidable adversary, is dangerous and unacceptable. President Biden is unwilling to defend our border, defend our skies, and defend our people. He is simply unfit to serve as commander-in-chief. And while you reap the consequences of their failures, the Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day. Most Americans simply want to live their lives in freedom and peace. 
but we are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. Every day we are told we must partake in their rituals, salute their flags, and worship their false idols. All while big government colludes with big tech to strip away the most American thing there is. Hard to argue. Hard to argue. And look, I get it. It's a little odd. And it was Sarah Huckabee Sanders that that put out the GOP response and the one and the thing that's kind of like going viral. But you know, a very concise. This is under 15 minutes long, but she's she's hitting the sweet spot. Again, you'd have to be a fool. You'd have to be a fool not to understand that CBS, Pfizer, all knew what they were doing with the Sam Smith thing. Sam Smith knows he's going to get all the attention in the world. They know that they're going to poke the conservative bear. They know they're going to cause outrage, right? But it's a big freaking joke. It's ha-ha. Funny, funny, sponsored by Pfizer. Oh. Your freedom of speech. That's not normal. It's crazy. And it's wrong. Make no mistake. Republicans will not surrender this fight. We will lead with courage and do what's right. Not what's politically correct or convenient. Uh, We'll see. I'm waiting. Again, I'm waiting for the whole Twitter dump. I'm waiting, Sarah. I'm waiting for some real prosecutions. I'm waiting for the end of signature reduction. I'm waiting for the end of Homeland Security. Republicans believe in an America where strong families thrive in safe communities, where jobs are abundant and paychecks are rising, where the freedom our veterans shed their blood to defend is the birthright of every man, woman, and child. These are the principles Republican governors are fighting for, And in Washington, under the leadership of Senate Republicans and Speaker Kevin McCarthy, we will hold the Biden administration accountable. I will believe it when I see it. Because I saw a bunch of people clapping on both sides for an unjust war in Ukraine. And Sarah, you're saying a lot of real things, but I'm hearing a lot of talking points that just aren't reality when it comes to our foreign policy, especially in regards to China. And I know there was no talk of the balloon, the balloon incident, but we did a whole extensive video on the balloon and what I believe that situation is really about. Down the street from where I sit is my alma mater, Little Rock Central High. As a student there, I will never forget watching my dad Governor Mike Huckabee and President Bill Clinton hold the doors open to the Little Rock Nine. Doors that 40 years earlier had been closed to them because they were black. Today, those children once barred from the schoolhouse are now heroes memorialized in bronze at our state house. I'm proud of the progress our country has made And I believe giving every child access to a quality education, regardless of their race or income, is the civil rights issue of our day. Tomorrow, I will unveil an education package that will be the most far-reaching, bold, conservative education reform in the country. My plan empowers parents with real choices, improves literacy and career readiness, 
and helps put a good teacher in every classroom by increasing their starting salary from one of the lowest to one of the highest in the nation. Here in Arkansas and across America, Republicans are working to end the policy of trapping kids in failing schools and sentencing them to a lifetime of poverty. Hey, Jason, you're muted. Oh, thanks so much, man. I can't believe I hit that. I must have coughed. So kids get their social cues from education and school. And, you know, that was a big part of Biden talking about pre-K and everybody needs to be pre-K, et cetera. Look, if you have a choice, those things are great. You know, education from a young age, being read to, et cetera. But you get your social cues. And, and we've now decided all of a sudden that that doesn't really exist, that there's no influence over uh, over basically young people and what's going on culturally, because they're pushing this trans agenda, which is not only a transhuman agenda, but one in which your kids are autonomous from you. You can't question. Again, you're not. It's like back in the 80s and and. and uh, People are going to go, oh, this, this is crazy. You're talking like this. Back in the 80s, all right, kids were pushing the boundaries by getting an earring. Ooh, a, a guy with an earring, that was a big deal. Or wearing ripped jeans. Oh, that was a big deal. Or a girl with a crop top, that was a big deal. And you just push it further and further and further. But the parent used to be able to say, no, I don't want you wearing that, whether they were right or wrong. No, I don't want you to have dyed hair. Well, now it's not some kind of a fashion trend that can be reversed that you can look back on 5, 10, 15 years from now, right? No, you've cut off your genitals. You've taken hormones that, or, or hormone blockers that have totally and completely changed you biologically. It's over. It's over. And if, if you've seen the Stockholm Syndrome of many from the COVID-1984 nightmare, and their inability to get past it, to stop wearing the mask for some, to not take 76 jabs for others, to admit, admit that the hospitals killed people with their protocols. A lot of people can't do that. So they're just going to push forward. All right, back to Huckabee. We will educate, not indoctrinate our kids and put students on a path to success. It's time for a new generation to lead. This is our moment. <clears throat> this is our opportunity. A new generation born in the waning decades of the last century, shaped by economic booms and stock market busts, forged by the triumph of the Cold War and the tragedy of 9-11. A generation brimming with passion and new ideas to solve age-old problems. A generation moored to our deepest values and oldest traditions, yet unafraid to challenge the present order and find a better way forward. If we seize this moment together, 
America can once again be the land of the free and the home of the brave. During my two and a half years at the White House, I traveled on every foreign trip with the president. A trip I will never forget was on December 25th of 2018. My husband Brian and I had just cleaned up wrapping paper that was shoved into every corner of our house. Just thanks to our three kids. Corner. I don't want to make fun. When I had to walk out on my own family's Christmas, unable to tell them where I was going that night, because the place I'd be traveling was so dangerous, they didn't want anybody to know that the president was going to be on the ground even for a few hours. We boarded Air Force One in complete and total darkness. There were no lights on the plane, no lights on the runway. Our phones and computers shut down and turned in. We were going completely off the grid. Nearly 12 hours later, in the pitch black of night, we landed in the war-torn part of Western Iraq. It was again a similar scene. No lights on the plane, no lights on the runway. The only thing you could see was coming from about a mile away in a dining hall where hundreds of troops who were in the fight against ISIS had gathered expecting to celebrate Christmas with senior military leadership. All right. That's about as, as much as I can take for that. And that's that's not to, to rap on the veterans or anything like that. But that that's the Christmas tale that, for, for me, takes it a bit too far. Because, look, look, I, I like what the Trump administration did with ISIS. Finally got it out of there. They actually teamed up with the Pootster. I liked it when the Trump administration was talking about getting out of Syria. But, hey, did we ever get out of Syria? Nope. No, we sure didn't. And uh, I've seen some really repugnant and repulsive things um, being thrown around after the earthquake in Syria and Turkey. And by the way, Russian troops are on the ground actually helping Syrian citizens, you know, the women, the children, the maimed. There's almost no talk about Syria whatsoever. There's barely any talk about what happened in Turkey. But I don't, I don't even know if people understand um, the videos I've seen of those earthquakes. Yeah, they're, they're scary. Can you imagine just being in your apartment complex and the whole thing just turns to rubble from the bottom up? Just that's it. That's a wrap. And, and some of these. I, I, I mean, to show you. Uh, how modern buildings don't don't all just like crumble into the ground. Some of these things, like you'll see one or two stories go down and then it stops. Then it just stops. It, it, wild times right now. Wild times globally. So look, I, I think that the, the message was good. I think uh, obviously over-Republicanized. Um, it's got story time in it. And I, I, I hate anything that perpetuates this idea of global warfare. I want a strong military. Absolutely. I want a strong military. But as we talked about earlier in the program, I want one that's actually going to negotiate for peace. And when you got the ex-Israeli prime minister saying that, hey, we had, we had a peace deal that looked pretty good. Everything was on the table. No. Western leaders said, uh, no. No, we're going for this one.
And then you can just say Putin's invasion, Putin's war, Putin, Putin, Putin. And that, and it's not like I like Vladimir Putin. Not a fan. Sorry. You know, they, they've got big time corruption and big time issues over there. Uh, but every time I see, a, you know, a mainstream news story about the war, it's uh, Putin's army of rapists and murderers. It's an army of rapists and murderers, all led by Lord Poot Poot. What? That's that's the the rapist. And listen, and I'm not saying that there aren't rapists and murderers involved, but that's what they're always hitting on. Oh, Putin's releasing prisoners to go to war. Putin's got plenty, plenty of human resources that Ukraine is not going to have. And that's why what? Mercenaries and U.S. intelligence is running the war on the ground in Ukraine for the large uh, portion of it. That, that's why they're utilizing robotics and drones like never before in this conflict to make it as unconventional as possible, as unconventional as possible. So they can uh, proliferate this thing for years and years and years and years. The question is, will it go years and years and years and years uh, before something insane happens? Before something totally and completely crazy happens, such as uh, the detonation of a nuclear device that, in my opinion, will change everything. It will change everything if it's, in fact, allowed to go down. It should frighten so many people. I mean, yeah, it should be extremely frightening because once that once that's out, it's over. It's it's a totally different ball game. It changes everything instantly, like that. The whole shebango gets changed, like that. Boom, done. Different deal. So it doesn't look like we're going to get to the uh, NASA document like I thought we were. Um, you know, definitely uh, want to give that a good 30 minutes to an hour. I think what I'm going to do um, for the wrap up of the show today is I'm going to go. I talked a little bit about shade the motion picture. I'm going to just go to my link for shade right here. And I, I, I think I want to go to elections and selections. That's that's really a, a nice little part with uh, what you might call it with uh, Jordan Maxwell and others. Bilderberg parts big, but let's see. Let me see if I can find the Superman part. That's geoengineering. It's got to be before that. There's David Rockefeller. That's a good one. You know what? Let's see. Is that too far in? Let, let, let's go Bilderberg structure. And let's say, here's Alex Jones right here. And I think this makes its, its way into C-lections, Bilderberg, the true power structure. Remember, Kristen Cinema, you know, Bilderberg All-Star this year and Yellow Banana at this, uh, at, at this State of the Union. Planet are waking up and getting past the puppets. This is about saying, hey, the puppets in D.C. are just front men. The powerful elite hide behind the curtain of government. They hide behind the wall, the facade of government. And really, they're just a tiny dot that control the masses. 
These are the shadow masters. These are the people that actually decide who runs and wins in office. Tony Blair, two years before he came from nowhere to become prime minister, was here and basically certified. Bill Clinton, little-known governor, comes here in 91, boom. Aspect. If they like it, it's on. Countless others, John Edwards, Gordon Brown, John Kerry. Uh, Obama was here four years ago. We talked to our sources inside, people saw him. We're big on talking about how we can elect our leaders. Yes, we can elect our leader, but you can't select your leaders. You don't select anyone. Your masters who own you will select who will run. That's all they wanted to know. Just which one do you like best? It doesn't mean much of anything. The rule of the few, oligarchy, is on the whole the most common in human history. Through a long legacy, incrementalism, and perseverance, the globalists have managed to sprinkle their people in, essentially salt their people into various governmental positions worldwide. They plan wars. They plan money inflation. They plan deflation. My estimate is there are about 30 million Americans who really need a job and who can't get one. So uh, depression level, this is a depression. This is as bad or worse than the depression of the 1930s. They plan collapses. They plan takeovers of rogue nations. They want an organized, controlled system where humans are manipulated. They want the resources controlled by tiny, oligarchical elite. Well, Superman in one of the movies said he stands for the American way, freedom, liberty, and justice for all. Well, I like what Dick Gregory said. You're no longer free or brave. You might want to, for the first time in your life, start thinking seriously about where you're going and where your country is going. And what's going to happen to your children and your grandchildren when you wake up one day to discover your freedoms are gone, your country is gone, your protections that were guaranteed to you as a citizen are gone? Well, it's outrageous. Our government's been taken over by the military-industrial complex that President Eisenhower warned us about his farewell address in 61. Our money's being taken. They're announcing 30,000 drones, armed drones, to surveil us. The CIA says they're listening to our phones now without warrants. The real leaders are going to talk now. Mommy and daddy are going to talk now. And when they come out of the meeting, it's always wars, economic despair, and eugenics. I haven't seen anything good come out of the Bilderberg Group. As a global elite are escalating their agendas, we have to equally uh, bring up our efforts to uh, document these events, cover these events, and uh, make sure that the Bilderberg Group gets exposed for what they're doing inside there. The mainstream media has become less and less relevant over the years and will continue to become less and less relevant as technology emerges for you and me to bring this information to the masses to thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions. Because technology, once again, is that avenue of upward mobility that would allow somebody to challenge your status as an oligarch, right? The Financial Times of London writer, well, he's a foreign editor who wrote, now for world government, saying, yeah, we're authoritarian, yeah, we were secret, it's for your own good, we know best. He's here today. The only press that's here are people that literally say, I want authoritarian world government. He actually wrote that. 
He said, yes, we're secret. Yes, we're authoritarian, because we know best. At the top of the pyramid, it's a neo-feudalistic fascist model that uses socialism on the ground to communalize and get people dependent. So it's like a false socialism. But the public thinks they're buying into it as a way to you know, lift up the poor and stuff. But it's really designed to implode societies and to create a post-industrial world controlled by them. We well, had to let them know that their world government has been identified and they thought they'd include the world economy to bring in a worldwide police state, but instead it's going to bring them down. We are going to be in very serious trouble because we are ill-informed, unread, undisciplined, and have been taught to bow down and, and curtsy before royalty. If you're an oligarch, you say, I get to rule. Why should you get to rule? Are you smarter than this guy over here? I have a technician who can do things you can't do. Why should you rule? What is it about you? Well, my family, my antiquity. Maybe that's not good enough. If we have a society where people believe in technology and science, they will not tolerate oligarchical domination. If we don't stand up and take the responsibility for ourselves to stop this globalist agenda, we're looking at a world where our children don't understand what freedom is. We're already seeing that world now. The children born post 9-11 don't understand what it's like to live without the NDAA, without the Patriot Act. You have left your government in the hands of other people to take care of things for you because you're too busy with your everyday life. Well, when you leave your personal business and your children and your life in the hands of someone else to take care of you, they're going to take care of you all right. Whatever decisions they make, they're going to take care of themselves, not you. Because you left yourself in their care, they will decide what you will eat. They will decide what you will wear. They will decide if you will have a job or not. I will decide how much you will make. And you can bet that I'm going to make a thousand times more than you do. There you go. I'm proud of that film. I hope that you check it out and share it with others. Um, really an important film, Shade the Motion Picture. Invisible Empire, A New World Order Defined, Loose Change, Final Cut, and Fabled Enemies are all free. Share them. We will be live again tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern. I love you guys. It's not about left or right. It is always about right and wrong. And I will see you all on the flip side.